Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On Call Capital. On Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. Throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. And since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare providers to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. All right, let's get to it. Without further ado, our rabbit hole for the day is, dun, 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 hotel investments. Now, It is the holiday season, and I see tons of posts on social media from friends who are traveling and taking various vacations, which leads me to ask, where are they staying while they're away from home? There's no doubt in my mind that some folks are staying in hotels. Now, the pandemic has made things difficult for the hotel industry, for sure, but it's starting to bounce back. More people are interested in traveling as we shift into the post-vaccine phase of the pandemic. The global hotel industry is estimated to still be worth well over $500 billion, with the U.S. producing $1 to $200 billion of that with over 91,000 hotels. But that doesn't mean that the pandemic didn't leave damage in its wake. Some hotels closed when they couldn't generate enough revenue to cover their mortgage costs, property tax costs, and insurance costs. Many of the hotels that remained open in 2020 are still generating very little revenue. Historically, investing in the lodging sector during market resets such as this one has been profitable, and many believe that now is the perfect time to get into hotel investing because of the deals that are currently out there. But there's a reason why hotels are their own separate sector. They function differently from other forms of commercial real estate like multifamily and retail. So what is it that you need to know about investing in hotels? Well, hotels have a couple of key differences from other real estate types. They have a heavier operational aspect, which translates into more staff and higher expenses. Hospitality is also one of the riskier real estate asset classes as a result, with much of the success or failure depending upon the quality of the operations and management teams. Hotels are also more economically sensitive. They don't rely on lease agreements, so they're able to respond to market changes very quickly with rate adjustments. They can be highly profitable cash cows with returns of 15 to 25% IRR or more. However, it cuts both ways here, since hotels usually feel the good and the bad before others. During recessions, companies cut costs and business travel drops significantly. 
Volatility should be expected since hotels tend to be the hardest hit and the fastest to recover during economic uncertainty. Now, there are five types of hotel assets, full service, select service, limited service, extended stay, and budget. Full service hotels range from luxury brands and resorts to mid-scale brands that include the Marriott's and Hilton's of the world. We're talking on-site retail, spas, meeting rooms, and restaurants. These hotels rely on a large staff and competitive positioning of amenities and services. Select service hotels are the ones I like to characterize as the tweeners, since they don't have the full-on amenities that you see at full-service hotels, but you may have scaled-back restaurant or even banquet facilities. Think of a loft, Hilton Garden Inn, or Courtyard by Marriott here. They ultimately adhere to the principles of our next type, which is limited service hotels. These are your Hampton Inns, Comfort Inns, etc., which typically have a swimming pool, limited meeting space, and fitness centers. They don't have a restaurant or banquet facilities, and they also have smaller staffs due to fewer service offerings. That ultimately lowers their overhead costs. Extended stay hotels cater to a different crowd altogether. They're sought after to provide guests with temporary housing. Many business travelers are on long assignments, and they want more of those at-home features. Extended stays provide things like kitchens and laundry access. Plus, they offer discounted rates on longer stays. Most of these hotels are in the mid-range and budget offerings, but there are some fancier ones out there too. And finally, budget hotels. This sector is focused on keeping costs low, which means fewer amenities and services. Days in, Travel Lodge, and Super 8 are a few of those examples. There is, of course, a lot more to know other than the type of hotel asset that you're investing in. The hotel industry utilizes a few specific metrics to track performance. In addition to net operating income, or NOI, two other performance metrics are utilized to examine operating profits. Average daily rate, or ADR, is the measure of the average nightly rate paid for rooms at a hotel. Basically, you divide room revenues by rooms sold over a given period. Revenue per available room, or REVPAR, is calculated by multiplying the ADR by the occupancy rate. This is helpful because instead of only considering the average rate of rooms sold, you're taking into account the number of rooms that were actually occupied at that rate over a given period. Hotel operators use daily, weekly, monthly, and annual REVPAR trends to gain insight into various performance factors and judge the performance of a hotel versus its competitors. What drives hotel demand, though? Well, for the most part, there are two groups of consumers, business travelers who drive demand from Sunday through Thursday, and tourists who drive demand on weekends and in holiday seasons. Demand may be seasonal, with ski resorts needing snow to function and local events such as football games or graduations in a college town driving higher demand. Uh, successful operators identify those drivers and they use them to create the optimal business mix in any particular submarket. So now the question is, how can you get in on that action? There are five main ways to do this, so let's break them down. Number one, you can actually buy a hotel or a motel. You know, I mean, you just, well, you go out there and you just buy one. I mean, what, you didn't think you could do that? Hotels come in all different shapes and sizes, so some of them may be more in your range than you might think. There are plenty of small hotels or motels available for under a million dollars, depending on where you're located. But keep in mind that you'll likely need a ton of upfront capital and the ability to actually run the business. Unlike the other four methods that I'm going to discuss today, 
This one is the most time intensive because you're investing in your own business instead of making a passive investment. That alone makes it pretty impractical for most folks to pursue, but certainly not impossible. Number two, you can invest in a private hotel syndication. An experienced real estate sponsor identifies a hotel investment opportunity, either renovation or development, but they don't have the capital needed to take on that project. They have a robust investor list and professional network through which they raise the necessary capital. Most hotel syndications are 506C offerings, meaning that only accredited investors are accepted, but that's not always the case. The minimum investment is around $50,000 as well, which is a high barrier to entry for some folks. Now, as a passive investor, you want to ensure that a hotel investment is handled by high-quality operating partners with experience in the particular markets or business structures. You can expect return profiles that are similar in structure to multifamily syndications, where you receive a certain percentage of returns through distributions and the remainder through sale of the property. The difference with multifamily is that cash flow can potentially be a little bit higher with hotel investments, and you also have more of a chance for longer hold periods. Number three, you can participate in an online crowdfunded hotel investment. This is still a relatively new style of investing that's sort of a hybrid between hotel syndication and real estate investment trusts or REITs. But stop me if you've heard this before. An experienced real estate sponsor identifies a hotel investment opportunity, renovation or development, but doesn't have the capital needed to take on the project. Instead of just offering it to their own investor list, they can choose to also list the deal on a crowdfunding platform such as CrowdStreet or RealCrowd. Most of these websites require you to be an accredited investor to participate. And depending on the structure of a particular deal, whether it's syndication versus REIT, you may or may not get the pass-through benefits from a tax perspective of owning real estate. Now, this can also make a difference in the return profile. REITs typically have lower cash yields than syndications. Of course, it's ultimately up to you as an investor to perform your own due diligence prior to investing in any offering. There are always risks involved, including the possibility of capital loss. Number four, you can purchase a hospitality REIT. Real estate investment trusts, as we mentioned before, also known as REITs, are similar to mutual funds, but they choose to invest in real estate as opposed to stocks, bonds, or other commodities. REITs pool investor money together to invest in a portfolio of real estate assets. There's significant variety in the hotel REIT market, allowing you to customize your portfolio holdings to specific types of hotels or locations. Ryman Hospitality Properties, Xenia Hotels and Resorts, Apple Hospitality Properties, and Hospitality Partners Trust are a few examples of these REITs. They're great for income-seeking investors or those who just want to be able to get in and out of investments as they desire. But keep in mind, any distributions you receive are taxed at a capital gains tax rate. You can also begin investing with very little money, which is a real bonus if you're just getting started. And finally, number five, you can invest in a hotel brand's stock. Most people assume that hotel brands own massive real estate portfolios. However, C-Corp hotel companies like Hilton and Marriott have actually created their businesses out of the management, branding, and franchising instead. Most hotels that bear their brand names are actually owned by REITs like those that we just discussed. Take Marriott, for example. The company has more than 7,000 hotels that carry one of its 30 brand names, but only 63 of those are actually owned or directly leased by the company, and only around 2,000 of those are actually managed by Marriott. That leaves nearly 5,000 franchised or third-party licensed hotels. 
Now, sure, that means that hotel brands aren't exactly real estate investments, but they can still be a great way to gain exposure to the hotel industry as a whole. Pay attention to dividend rates here, as some pay between 2 to 3%, while other companies slash dividends as a result of the pandemic. While you can get in and out of these stocks very easily, it's important to view these as long-term investments. Just like with REITs, you can dollar cost average into positions of different companies as you see fit. If the brands and properties you choose are run well, the stocks tend to increase in value over time, although in a fashion that often follows the whims of the overall stock market. Now, as vaccination rates climb and the pandemic effects lessen, hotel demand and average daily rate are expected to near a full recovery in 2022, according to updated forecasts from STR and Tourism Economics. That means there's plenty of potential for appreciation no matter which hotel investment route you choose to take. While hotels are certainly not get-rich-quick investments, they provide an opportunity for you to accelerate your passive income goals and overall wealth while also diversifying your overall portfolio. Now, as usual, make sure you check out the show notes for more information and links to help you along with your path. Unfortunately, most of the books available on hotel investment focus more on the active side of hospitality, but I did come across a literal treasure trove of information at www.hotelinvestmentlibrary.com. There's plenty to read in the free download section, but getting access to anything outside of that information will cost you anywhere from $25 per article to hundreds of dollars for valuation software, and of course, several thousands of dollars for management contract guidance. You can also check out websites like theRicherGeek.com, driftwoodcapital.com, and asapholdings.com for access to individual syndication deals. Or you can wait and see if I happen to have something that comes along eventually. However, that's going to do it for today's show. And I'd like to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. I'd also like to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming show, just make sure you rate and review me on your podcast player. I check those all the time, and I cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to connect with me or learn more about On Call Capital, make sure to find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. Until next time, this is Bobby Jones signing off, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Enjoy the holiday. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.